0: everyone, my name is Bertie, and I am on my way to becoming an old crazy runner.
1: Welcome to another episode of Old Crazy Runners. This is Fundy, the craziest of the crazy runners. I got my cousin Nicholas, who's always the oldest of the crazy runners.
2: And joining us today is one of our favorite Hood to Coast veterans, Birdie Milleruby.
1: But before we get to that, be sure to rate and review the podcast. Yes, just stop right now, open your podcast app, rate and review that, and even more importantly, share it with all of your old crazy friends.
2: And you know, we haven't mentioned this uh, in a while, but you can always go by the oldcrazyrunners.com website and leave us some information there if you're so inclined.
1: The website? We've We've got a website?
2: I know. I clicked on it the other day and went, shit, we got
1: one of these things. We do actually. You can see some famous old fuckers on there too, right in the front page. And then also be sure to head on over to Strava and search for old crazy runners podcast, because that's where you will find all us old crazies who are out there running.
2: You know, I haven't really looked at uh, where I stand for the week, but I've, I've been doing pretty good with this elevated uh, marathon training. It's, it's a, Put me in the top 50 for the most part I know
1: you' you're at the height of marathon training and you're in the top 50
2: actually I'm 61st I would be in the top 50, <laughs> 50 on Sunday once I've done my my last big run that's when I'm lucky enough to get that far in fact let's take a look at last week I finished 34 how's that That's not bad that's not
1: that's not bad at all yeah. not bad at all I have I probably am not even cracking the top 100 because uh, I am in mid moving the house, and I've only been running three days a week, which I, basically that's the same as not running.
0: It,
2: it's like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're counting the jog to the mailbox and back as running too. I mean, some of these runs aren't, you're not logging anything of any consequence.
1: Well, I did uh, 10 miles on the double half mini mofo. <laughs> I threw some extra words in there just for you.
2: The double half mini mofo. Uh, It was that Sunday when you ran with Tristan?
1: It was Sunday. So when I describe the double half mini mofo or uh, (laughs) some equivalent, I feel like the uh, lady, and it's always a lady, goes into Starbucks and orders the coffee that's like 20 words long. Right. I like a double half tall skinny latte vanilla frappuccino half half calf, half decaf with some uh, vanilla half vanilla double vanilla syrup. Two squirts. <laughs> two squirts.
2: You put in three, I can tell the difference. It's too much. I can tell. <laughs> well, we did, not, we did um, two big loops around uh, the Portland waterfront. Scotty G and I knocking off the uh, 18 miles on Sunday. And I know that you're not interested in running that distance anytime soon, but should that come to pass, uh, the Selwood Steel and the Tillicum Broadway.
1: Okay. Those, those so two the, loops. All right. So the, uh, the Selicum.
2: No, no, no. The Steelwood.
1: The Steelwood. Yeah. Remington Steelwood.
2: Yeah. And, uh, the Tillaway, the <laughs> Broadcom. I think Tillaway <laughs> <The> broad, <broadcum laughs> is choice. Broadcom is probably two. not safe
1: for work. <laughs> Something like that. As you all know, I like naming the loops. Um, but man, that mofo. We did 10 miles and, uh, Going up that mofo, that first hill, is just a motherfucker.
2: You don't have a lot of uphill in your hood to coast. I'm not sure why you're training a whole lot right now with that.
1: Well, I want to be ready. I want to be there to encourage the other people. Um, I did do some heat runs last week, which is what we're going to need because it's going to be fucking hot.
2: I'm not worried about my first leg. How's that?
1: Bam, <laughs> putting it out there. I'm not worried. not worried, worried at all. At all. None. Uh, I'm going to
2: get the baton about right around noon.
1: Yeah, well, I'm not worried about my first run because it's at 7.30 (laughs) a.m.
2: Yeah, you're going to get yours on uh, your second leg. That's when it's going to be high noon for you, 5.36. Uh,
1: That's going to be hot. I I feel like when I'm finished, I might just go through that little uh, mini drive-through thing in St. Helens and get a milkshake.
2: Your couple legs removed from getting back to St. Helens. You're going to have to hold off on that. But it's probably a pretty good idea.
1: Yeah, I can do whatever I want. We'll figure it out.
2: If you can tell, we're excited. We're about 10 days out from the kickoff to Hood to Coast. Uh, we got our official start time. It was originally a, a ball-breaking 2.35 p.m. That would have just ruined everything. It would have been terrible. And uh, Fundy pulled some magic. Got well, us moved up.
1: so as many other people do, we purchased the membership, which puts us, puts us in the VIP group. And uh, I emailed the Hood to Coast team like, this doesn't sound like a very VIP start time. No. <laughs> Can we adjust that? And they, they did graciously. So that was nice.
2: Yeah, so we're going to be coming off uh, from Timberline at 625 a.m., which is actually a great time. Uh, it's just enough to, it's just early enough that we're, we're still kind of a bit of ahead of the race. Uh, not so early that you've got to really crush yourself to get up there. I mean, with 3am, that was our start last year. Remember that?
1: Yeah. Which is not bad. And then also I have mentioned, but it is going to happen. I will have a special, uh, special attire as, uh, we roll into Sandy high school. You you have
2: something special that you're going to, you're not even the runner coming into Sandy high school. You're going to, I'm dead. not,
1: but I found as we were packing up to move house, I oh, found dude. my high school football practice Jersey from 1985 that, uh, is mesh and a half shirt and says Sandy high pioneers.
2: I think I have one just like that as well. From we don't we don't go into Roosevelt, so I'll have to keep that yeah. one packed away. Damn it! So t- if
1: that's not going to scare the other teams to run slower, I don't know what will.
2: We've seen worse on the course. <laughs> Let's just be honest. There's there's worse than that. there. Although that might that might have uh, got a surprise at the Windy River costume contest if you thought to have broken it out.
1: Oh, that would have won. Point.
2: Totally would have won. <laughs>
1: As I, tell, uh, as I tell Ben, some women, although it'd be very few, would find this sexy.
2: That is a dwindling number, my friend.
1: <laughs> it is a dwindling number. As long as it's more it's than not one. not increasing. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't do this normally, but I have two podcasts to recommend. The first one is Malcolm Gladwell has a... Basically, a mini series podcast that is done in Ken Burns style with a bunch of interviews and TV clips from way back when on the two Olympic sprinters, the black sprinters that held their fists up in the 1968 uh, Olympics in Mexico. You probably remember yeah. the picture. Oh, yeah. So. One thing that I didn't know is both of those runners, as well as a lot of other runners, came from San Jose State, which was a community college known for nothing. That Bob Winters was the coach, and he was the very first coach to teach relaxing your whole body while you're sprinting instead of clenching up. And it basically takes that full story all through the Olympics and then after the Olympics, things like the guy next to them, the white guy who was from Australia. He wanted to, with solidarity, kind of joining them, all he did was put a pin, a lapel pin, on his jersey. Australia banned him from the next Olympics, and he's basically banned from everything the rest of his life in Australia, putting mm-hmm. on a pin on his jersey. So great, lot of great history, a lot of fun. Um, and then another podcast is if you go on Rich Roll Podcast about four or five episodes ago, uh I think we found the oldest craziest runner in Mike Fremont.
2: I hope that you find the magic in you and get Mike Fremont on Fremont on this uh on the, on the podcast. I would love to talk with him he, without question. He would uh receive the mantle the title of oldest craziest runner out
1: there. So here are just a few stats if you want to go listen. Uh, he has the fastest recorded marathons for an 88-year-old, a 90-year-old, and a 91-year-old. He ran a marathon at 91. That's all I need to know. He's
2: talking about running it at, as 100 at 100 yeah. miles. Or,
1: <laughs> yeah, but he's like miles. somebody's got to do a big charity donation because he's like it's going to take me a whole year to train.
2: You have to train for an entire year, but he would do it. That's the thing. He's, he's yeah. committed. And here's, here's the other side of that. He's 100 now. So, even if this were to actually get some momentum, he'd probably be more like 101.
1: Well, no, I think he's 102 ran. or three now. I think he's over 100. Uh, he's I'll definitely have to look. over 100. Yeah. And uh, he also has the uh, oldest person in the. He also does canoe, canoe national championships. He does speed canoeing,
2: which I didn't even know was a thing for people that were like not 100. <laughs> exactly. Speed canoeing. Sounds like something you'd run into at a backstore truck stop or something.
1: Also, uh, some slight uh, highlights from the Malcolm Gladwell podcast. Malcolm Gladwell, the writer, is over 50 and can still do a sub-five mile.
2: I think that sounds (laughs) pretty good. Sub-five. But apparently, I I can do uh, even faster than that. I I have a sub-four. Recorded mile. No, no, it's true. It's on Strava.
1: (laughs) If it's on Strava, it's true.
2: It it has to be true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You may have bumped your watch and turned it on while you were driving.
2: I don't know what happened, but we were looking at the uh, most recent Strava details from our guest today, Bertie Miller Ruby. And uh, Strava does this cool side by side comparison and where she's got a 747 mile for some reason. They think at some point in my life I ran a three fifty one, and
1: um, <laughs> and you didn't.
2: That's some speed canoeing right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> speed canoeing going down the waterfall.
2: Yeah, <laughs> definitely wind aided. I'm going to say something something along the lines uh, tripped that up. I have not ran a three fifty one mile ever under any circumstances. Um, so I think uh, not even anything I'm looking to aspire towards
1: so birdie came onto our radar through hood to coast she was on the native american hood to coast hands team and uh the process of running getting in shape and running hood to coast uh she says really helped her through her divorce and kind of helped her work her way through that and since we talked to her man she has been crushing her running and in times
2: well, she went out and completed her first marathon uh, last October in the Portland Marathon, breaking four hours, uh, which is an amazing achievement no matter what, let alone your first time out there. And, and uh, a pretty she's, hilly course. Uh, yeah, a pretty, pretty decent course. And she's still getting out there, and putting up some great times, and she's going to be out on hood to coast again this year. So certainly hope to cross paths with her team.
1: So you'll find Birdie super inspirational. She's just a regular person that has to get up before work and run before she's got to go off to work and she's juggling kids and she's juggling all of the things that all of us have to deal with on a daily and weekly basis, but she's still getting out there and putting in those miles. You're going to love this conversation. Let's get to it.
2: So welcome, Birdie. Thank you for joining us for this conversation.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So we're super excited uh, to go through everything uh, you've emailed us about your running journey. Uh, But we were introduced to you by uh, the awesome people over at Hood to Coast. And I know that's where you got your running start. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, your love from Hood to Coast and kind of how your running journey started because of it?
0: Sure. So it was um, November 2015, I was approached by a girl who I work with who had ran Hood to Coast the previous year, and I'm very familiar with Hood to Coast. My mother had done the walking team many years ago, and I had never really thought of uh, doing it or participating in it. I knew there was a walking team and a running team. Um, So I had just had my son, and he was 10 weeks old. I was not in any kind of shape. (laughs) (laughs) And... I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm faced with this challenge. Like, do I say yes? Or do I wait a few months and try to get into some kind of shape? You know, I have until August of, you know, the following year to do it. And then I was just like, no, I'm going to do it. Like I have something to prove. I just had a baby and you know, like I can do anything. Cause you know, women get this power trip after they have kids that they can do anything. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, (laughs) so I agreed and then after I had agreed, I just thought, oh, my gosh, what am I getting myself into? What have I done? Like, how do I start training? I had never really trained before. I would just go out and run 5Ks or run, you know, two miles here and there. So I decided to start off 2016 with a 10K race um, here, in, here in Oregon and um, wasn't sure how well my time was going to be. Um, Cause I had never really, you know, ran for time. It was just always for fun. So I did that and, um, had also been asked to play on a co-ed basketball team. So I was doing both at the same time, two totally different kinds of ways you can get in shape for running. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so not only was I sore, um, <laughs> but, uh, I felt like I was dying every time i got out <laughs> for a run <laughs> Um and then as the summer came, you know, I thought, wow, I I, I should invest in like a double jogging stroller. Um, because I had a three-year-old on at the time and my son was just, you know, six, seven months old. So I thought, wow, this is, you know, this would be cool, like good, good training. So I did that and I was completely wrong because it's like, you know, you're pushing two children in a jogging stroller and you're trying to keep your hands steady and you're trying to breathe and you're trying to watch your steps and make sure, you know, you're running at a good pace. So it actually was really good training, but uh, it it did, it did take a lot out of me. Um, like I, you know, three miles felt like I had been running for an hour. Um, so we started there and I just went from there and ran my first hood to coast. Um, it was grueling. (laughs) It was, it, it was fun. It was sad. It was, um, just everything that you could possibly put your body through. All in one, all in like what twenty, thirty, six hours or whatever the time limit is, yeah. Um, And I remember my last leg running at like, gosh, I would say like six in the morning or six thirty in the morning, and there's no was there service. I can't remember, but anyways, I just remember get like seeing people, you know, lined up down the sides, cars parked, you know, all the team vans and. I remember seeing like the finish, like my last leg, seeing the finish, and I just started crying. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even, I just had so much emotion come over me and I had gone through so much that whole year. So um, running really helped me, uh, helped shape who I am now um, in the ways that I deal with things such as my mental health. Um, It keeps me grounded. And it actually helped me get through grief and it got me through a divorce. So I really I've stuck with running ever since. And I've this will be my let's see, I did hood to coast in 2016, 18, 19. We did the virtual in 20, and then we're we have an automatic in for 20 for this year. So um those will be my fifth. And I actually had to sit out in 2017 because playing on that co ed basketball team, I blew out my knee and had to get surgery and then had to um volunteer <laughs> volunteer for the walking team my mom's walking team which was nice and um, they really were trying to get me to walk and i was like heck no i can't even I, yeah. and, I, and i would cheat i would run in the dark you know i told them that <laughs> i was yeah. like i am not walking mm-hmm. so <laughs> but i was just probably six or seven weeks uh, out of surgery and they wanted me to walk and i was like no wow. i can't i'm still in yeah. re- i'm still in pt and, and I'm it still wasn't rehabbing. your acl yeah, yeah. So. It, it
1: was your acl that you blew out
0: yeah, I tore up my ACL and partial MCL. Yeah,
1: yeah. my uh, son uh, did that twice, two years in a row recently. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, no. That is a that. very painful surgery.
2: So uh, what was the uh, first leg they had you run? Was that, uh, were you in van one?
0: Yes, I was in van one and I believe I was leg two coming down the mountain.
2: Oh, yeah, that's, uh, I've ran um, one. I haven't run two yet, but uh, those that, that downhill can be uh, killer that first leg if you're not careful
0: (laughs) I mean it was beautiful like no no joke it was beautiful but man I tore up my feet I was not used to running downhill on an on like a slope so you know you're running down the road and it's like on a slope on the on the shoulder and I remember I just my feet were so I had blisters everywhere and I it didn't matter if I changed shoes it just it was awful yeah so that set the tone for (laughs) (laughs) like two and three
1: (laughs) So uh, I'd like to kind of restate, so you, you had a, a baby, and then right after that, you started uh, training, and then you very quickly did a 10K, and you'd only mentioned running two miles. So we've established the crazy part of being a crazy runner. Um, you know, we don't have to talk about age and being old or anything yet, but the crazy runner part, we've definitely established. How? Uh, what, uh, what month did you do that 10K?
0: That was in february
1: so that was right away right out of the gate yeah oh yeah so how did you go from two miles uh recreational fun runner to doing a timed 10k in just a few months
0: um well i upped my mileage obviously (laughs) um i was i think i got up to maybe four and a half because, you know, people say, well, all runners say like, oh, if you can run five miles, you can run six, you know, you yeah. don't have to run the whole six. You can just run five and, and then the last mile, you know, you're coasting and all this and that. So, um, I think I only got it to maybe four and a half or five miles and it was freezing cold then. And where I work downtown, we are right near Dunway track. So I would go down there and run during my lunch break. Yeah and wellness time. So I would at least have 45 minutes to get down there and run. Um, But I also started training running up and down Tarwilgar Boulevard up to OHSU
1: and back down. Oh, that's that a good was, one. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's the is, other
0: crazy part. That makes me
1: uh, hurt. Just uh, thinking about that hill. <laughs> yeah. Well, your next time on Hood to coast is van fives or I mean runner five. So he'd better oh, get used to those yeah, hills. Yeah. My, yes, yeah this, yet. <laughs> this, this, coming year, I, I am like five, I was supposed to be like five this year. So this coming year, I'm like five. Um, mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. if We could see each other on the course this year yeah
0: yeah, that would be cool.
1: That would be so much fun. Also, I don't want to get past the hood to coast to talk about your team, your team hands with his healthy, active, native doing something. Can you talk a little bit about that team and uh, your friend that invited you into that team and and how that came
0: about? Sure. So uh, my coworker and teammate um, had you know previously ran hood to coast and wanted to. Get our organization into the lottery, and we didn't have a name yet. So she, we, so the the organization I work for is a Native American nonprofit organization, and she wanted more, at least eighty percent of our runners to be um, either Native American or in, or indigenous. Mm-hmm. So that year uh so anyways back to the name um we didn't have we didn't have a name we didn't know how we were going to come up with one but we knew we wanted healthy and native in there healthy native active do you know something and so i believe someone just said how about just say you guys or you guys are all healthy native actives you're doing something you know and so that's yeah. where that name came from and then nice our our logo was is a hand a handprint. so yeah. it's h-a-n-d-s so five fingers so nice um yeah so that's where that name came from and we've kept it um and that first year of hood to coast we were all I believe we we're all 10 women, 10 women and two men, leg five and leg. I don't know what this, the other leg was, but um, yeah, you, we you were gave all.
1: The, you gave the crappy legs to the guys.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we had to have our strong men runners, you know? Yeah, so... sure.
1: Or <laughs> stupid men runners, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, uh, was it Nicholas? Did you get stuck with that or you stuck somebody else? You're like, Hey, we've got this great leg for you. And you just gave it to somebody (laughs) on leg five. No, that was me. (laughs) Uh, The first
2: year that I was invited to run a friend of mine that uh, he he was actually uh, part of what got me into my running journey to begin with. And uh, he's like, I got something new for you. I got a hood to coast team. You're going to love it. He'd ran it the first, his first time the year prior. And he's (laughs) like, but you got to <laughs> yeah. run like you got to run leg like five. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what that means. But yeah, mm-hmm. now I know yeah, you quickly so found out.
1: I quickly found out. But you've already had to run eight, which is also yeah. a killer. Yeah. Last uh, w- the 2019, I ran like eight. And that was a killer, man. That second, that second leg, leg up that yeah. hill in the gravel mm-hmm. in the middle of the mm-hmm. night is just brutal. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. they
1: run you through the ringer. And speaking of brutal. So I don't want to skirt past the fact that you did a ton of training right after you had a baby, um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, physically demanding, but that also the daily demands of having a new baby and not getting enough sleep all of the time it takes to take care of a baby. How did you work in uh, your training runs?
0: Oh gosh. Um, so the first six months of his life, um, I had gone back to work probably right around tw- he was 12 weeks old, and I'm in our organization. You're allowed to bring your child to work with you until they're six months. So I was able to bring him with me, and um, when I would go on my runs, I would leave him in the office with coworkers to watch for 30 minutes max, um, because at that time I was also nursing, so okay. I couldn't, you know, leave him. Yeah. <laughs> long periods of time. Um, but then at six months he went to daycare with his sister. So okay. that really freed up my time during the working day to get yeah. my runs in. Um, it was only during the summertime, I believe, um, when it got warmer, of course, when I would take them both out with me yeah. and run.
1: And I've seen people pushing those strollers oh, running. Man. That is not easy. No, <laughs> it
2: no, it's focus. <laughs> uh, and then, and then on top of that, you, you, you ran your first year. Uh, uh-huh. I assume you, you fell in love just like we did and you were excited to get back to it. Oh, yes. And then yes. You, you blow out your knee.
0: Oh, yeah. It was awful. I cried when I – so when I originally hurt my knee, I thought I just twisted it. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, high pain tolerance from birth, you know, I I twisted it. (laughs) Well, and uh, the
1: ACL is a weird injury. When my son injured his, it was pain right away. But then after that, it didn't hurt at all. So he thought he was fine and he wasn't. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, mine was the same way. And if if anything, I felt the MCL that I felt that. I think that's what lingered more and what made my knee hurt more. And then it was probably a month. I think I went a month without going to the doctor and then when I went and they told me I just cried because I thought I can't run on coast this year and I just ran my best 10k you know I so I ran my I ran the following 10k in February yeah oh, okay. that was my last race before I blew out my knee and then I got uh and then I did my um went to the doctor in March and then I had my surgery at the end of April well, so I, I just like... remembered crying because I couldn't run hood to coast and I couldn't run at all. So.
1: Yeah. I'd like to give you props though, as uh, someone who uh, had a severe injury and waited an entire month to go to the doctor, you're really speaking to us as humans. That's what we would do also, yeah. put off going to the doctor as long as possible. I'm still walking. Why, why do we need to go to the doctor?
2: Uh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I want to focus a little bit about turning that corner. So um, the knee, you, you missed 2017, but the knee heals. And now you've got to decide to get back to it. So, how did you mentally refocus yourself to stay into that path that you're still a runner? So, I'm going to get back out
1: there. Yeah, there's a lot of atrophy in your your quads mm-hmm. uh, after mm-hmm. that surgery. Your your leg just basically shrinks to two thirds its size. And mm-hmm. you know what what was that recovery and that training like?
0: So I was cleared, I believe, in July to to like do cardio, which was just riding the bike, um, doing the stairs, walking. Um, I could not wait to jog, which they released me in August to just barely jog, you know, like a third, you know, third force jogging, not sprinting, not anything. Um, and I remember I was on a work trip um, out of town, and they had a gym, so I was like, oh, I'm just going to go down there and walk. And I was like, no, oh, I'm going to try the treadmill, and I'm going to see if i can jog you know see what it feels like and i just remember jogging for like five minutes and thinking like oh this is way too early yeah i felt like it just feels weird it's the weirdest feeling in your knee yeah so it's like it feels unstable you know you feel like you could step wrong and twist it again you know Mm -hmm. all you know you have all these thoughts and so um i followed my rehab and i was always i was at the gym doing all my leg, doing all my leg work, leg lifts, you know, uh, not squats, but, um, calf raises, all the stuff that you can just basically do at home in your house. But I was at the gym because I felt more motivated being around people (laughs) to do Mm. that. And then I could do the elliptical and I could do the stair stepper. And so I felt like, you know, in a way I was just slowly getting back into it. And then I was released in December of 2018 to run. And I remember, um, being at work having all my gear with me and going down to the track and running like my best time that i had ever ran for one mile and it was like seven minutes and 50 seconds nice oh i was like yes i'm making a comeback you know (laughs) i was so excited yeah and i started training again and i was not even close to my time i think that was the biggest upset from having knee surgery and leaving off at that 10K, my last race, my best time, and then coming back and being like a whole minute, minute and a half slower. And that's hard, you know, and when you're an athlete and you're competitive, like you wanna be where you were before, you know, you don't wanna have any setbacks. You wanna come back stronger and you wanna be better. And because you're older, you know, it's like you still have something to prove. You still have something left. So, (laughs) So I I train I, so then I started running and I stopped I kind of let up a little bit on my rehab I wasn't keeping up with it like I should have um, and then I had issues 2018 summer of 2018 and I was like well I can just make it through Hood to Coast if I can make it through Hood to Coast like I'll be good you know I'll, I'll, oh. I'll go see my running doctor you know I'll go yeah. after that and it was literally the second leg of Hood to Coast. Um and I blew out I I felt like I blew out my hip. Like I wasn't doing the correct stretching that I should have been doing for my hips from my knee surgery. Um mind you, my um left arch is higher than my right arch, which I had never known that before. So um so it just threw everything off. And I remember I felt like I had just pulled every single muscle in my hip, like my right hip, just it was so bad. And so there I was like barely, I mean, I was running, but I was trying to run through so much pain and trying to tough it out and trying to run hard and I was just making it worse. And I honestly don't even remember how I finished the third leg because it was awful. So when Hood to Ghost was over, I went back and saw my PT and she just said, you have to like, you really need to start over and you need to focus on these things because if you don't, it's going to get worse. You're going to have hip problems. You're going to have knee problems. You're yeah. going to have, you know, you, she's just listed off all these things. And I said, okay, I will do it. So I did it. I did it for like six months and then jogged here and there, you know, I wasn't running any races. And then once 2019 came, I started up again with my racings, with my races in uh, February and I was close to my time and I'm still like, I'm still like, man, I'm like 15 seconds away. you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's what happened. And it was just a setback because I didn't follow the correct doctor order, you know, which I should have done because you're just so excited that you can run again and you think you can push through pain. And it's like, when, as you get older, you can't, you can't do those things like you were when you were in your early twenties.
2: And it's it's that change in mentality of knowing because uh, I, I would say um, you're in a t- your testament. I, I am as well. I didn't blow out my knee, but I, I ran into some uh, foot tissue issues that set me back considerably. I've surpassed where I was prior to that injury. But what it really took is what you're talking about. I had to lock myself down. I had to just accept that I wasn't going to be there, that I had to get through this rehab, because if I did want to get back to where I could go, I had to walk that first, mm-hmm. and it took me forever. I mean, it really was—it uh, was two years of really not having the, the output that I was hoping for, and then it got better, and then you can change and, and then move forward. So hopefully, you've turned that corner as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Sounds like it because uh, you put you put in quite a few miles last year.
0: Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, with this whole pandemic um, and working from home, like it just gave me bigger opportunity to run outside and use my you know be here in my home my own my own neighborhood and know my running routes and know the mileage the correct mileage instead of having to run downtown and fight through traffic lights and you know just only being able to run the waterfront uh, which i do miss but and i do miss actually running the so <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I found, you know, that there are routes here and I found other places I didn't even know were in my neighborhood that were like trails that I could run on or the the park and stuff. But yeah, I just my goal was to do a thousand miles, but I ran into another injury um, in late October and of course you know decided i would just take it two weeks off you know (laughs) let it see if it would heal on its own and i couldn't even i couldn't even tell you where the injury was because it was so inflamed and it was so swollen um and of course i did my you know i did my um internet look up search on my injury and thought i had thought i had something that i didn't have um but continued to run on it um but little did i know like it's your shoes like it's your running shoes it's your running style. It's where you run, if you change one thing in your route or your, you know, of running on pavement to to like gravel, like that can just mess things up. And I didn't I just never thought of that. I just thought, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm in good shape and I'm running really well. And I think that uh running on gravel is okay or running in the grass or running, you know, and so so I stayed off of it for two weeks. Um waited till Black Friday because I needed to go I need I was told I needed to um, invest in some inserts like like running inserts for my shoes so I did that and thought I could just go back out there and run where I left off at and I just my foot just got worse so I finally made an appointment (laughs) with a doctor and he diagnosed me with a plantar plate injury, which I didn't even know what that was. I don't didn't even know even what a plantar
1: plate is. Oh, yeah, man. it's it's literally like <laughs> it's like, so like
0: your your big toe where your second toe is right there where it bends. Yeah. like there's tissue, there's fascia there, and I'm a forefront runner and striker and have always been, and just that pressure right there, landing always on the ball of my foot, um, I just wore it down, and so he said, you need to stay off of it like you really need to stay off of it, you cannot run, you cannot jog." And I was like, Oh my god, what am I going to do like I'm supposed to hit my 1000 mile goal I had already set up my 75 miles I'm supposed to reach each month, you know, each month for November, December. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't like, well, I could just walk them all, you know, I was like, I can yeah. walk them all. And I'm like, no, that's that's not going to work. <laughs> that's not walking, yeah. staying off your feet. Yeah, Walking three miles takes like an hour where you can run six or seven miles in an hour. <laughs> so I just couldn't even fathom that, you know, walking for two hours. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: <laughs> well, and you're not, so. you're not doing yourself any favors just by logging those miles either.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: So a uh, couple things, isn't it frustrating when we have to listen to the doctors? Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. You know, like you having to listen to your PT and do the physical therapy after the coast and then you got to listen to the doc. So are you back on the men now uh, or do you still have uh, some rest before you can get out, before you have to get out there?
0: So I took like three and a half, three weeks off and I actually went back and I got a second opinion only because I wanted to see my orthopedist who did my knee surgery to see if there was anything related to the knee and the foot and because it was on the same yeah. leg. And he's just like, no, nope, that's, you know, that's the correct diagnosis. And I was just like, well, can I run again? Can he's like, you can jog. He's like, well, you cannot. And he's like, you cannot go at six and seven miles at full speed. He's like, you cannot be racing. You know, you need to get better shoes and you need to look at, you know, and he just, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. You know, like I get it, you know, so he's like, he's like, but I would start off, you know, slow, you know, do, do only flat flat ground no inclines no you know nothing that's gonna you know set your foot off again he's like he's like but what are you scared of and I'm like well I'm scared that I'm gonna like tear something because I originally thought that's what I had done um and he's like well what does it feel like when you walk barefoot and I'm like well it feels normal now before it didn't feel that way <clears throat> so he's like okay well this is what you need to do you also need to stretch your calf your calves are, your calves are tight you need to stretch them before you run Along with my other stretches that take me like, you know, 20 minutes to do before I actually run. Um, So I've been taking it easy and I did my first three-mile jog um, like two days before Christmas. And I've only gotten up to about four miles. But this is like straight jogging. And it's a different, you know, it's a different um, pace. And it's like your feet are hitting the ground different. You're not striding. So I'm like really having to get used to that. Like I'm not, I don't want to get comfortable with it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, by no means. You're like I don't like this
0: <laughs> yeah and what's even I think what's harder for me is like when I see other runners that are in front of me and I'm just like man I could catch them or you know like if we were racing I'd be you know right behind them and they'd be you know setting the pace for me or you know something something crazy so but the other thing too with all of that is like my parents have been very supportive in my running and they too have always been like well, you should listen to the doctor and you need to stay off your foot and you need to stop doing this and and then my dad he says well you put you know your shoes you put you put in what you get out of them he's like so if you're going to be buying these cheap nike shoes i you know no no offense to nikes i love nikes He's like, that's, you know, that's what's going to happen. And you're going to always have foot issues. So it goes back to like, not just listening to the doctor, but listening to your parents, even when you are an old crazy runner. Oh man,
1: that's (laughs) almost worse than listening to the doctors, listening to their parents. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) So uh, I got to know what shoe, did you, have you settled on a new shoe?
0: Yes, I have. And what is it? Uh, It's the Brooks uh, Glycerin
1: Oh. We're yeah. big fans of the Brooks. So yeah. you're you're in the right family now.
0: Okay. let see. And that's what I was being told. And I was you know, looking at other shoes and I'm just, and Oh, and the other thing too was I, I didn't, I was never familiar with the drop in the shoes.
1: Yeah. That's really important. I hurt he, myself because I, I started running with some hokas, which my friends were, uh, running in, uh, but the drop injured me.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I was told. Like, I need to get a, uh, a, 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 what is it? A, smaller drop or even flat. And I'm like, I can't run in flat shoes. Like, yeah. That's like running now. No, I can't do that. Yeah. So I got Brooks a few months ago and ran in them and I never ran in them again because I was just so hooked on my Pegasus that I've ran in the last four years to yeah. the coast. And when I told the doctor, he's like, yeah, he's like, you need to try those shoes. You need to put your inserts in them. And he's like, and just start out at three miles. And now I just absolutely love them. Like I ran outside in the rain and then the other day and they're.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Yes. So great.
1: before we leave uh, 2020, uh, I'd like to congratulate you on uh, beating Nicholas and the total number of miles wow. for 2020. <laughs> I didn't even have and an injury. Then, um, so uh, you ran 19 uh, races in 2020, uh, 18 of them virtual what were some of the uh, your favorite ones that you ran and oh, and the distances man. that you did
0: well so one of them <laughs> this is funny um so there were so you know like with the pandemic happening all of these all of a sudden there's virtual races right and there's like weird ones like yeah that like you know may the fourth be with you and you know i mean just like you know there's just some cute ones and. So one of one, one of the, one of my favorites, and this is for the metal though, like. That yeah, it's always about a, the metal. Always about the metal. <laughs> it's yeah, always we, about the metal. We have a whole
1: section on the podcast where all we discuss is metals.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, it was the Prince 10K and the metal was a, is a picture of him oh. and, and, it, and, and underneath is like hanging raindrops. And I'm so sad I missed rem- that. Yes, and it's a huge medal. Like, it's not your regular little round one. It's a big squared one. So I ran we, that race. We missed I actually out. ran that race. I ran that race for my aunt because um, she's a huge Prince, Fran- Prince fan, and so am I. And when I finished that race, I took a picture, I sent it to her, and I mailed her my medal and my bib. I wrote my time on it. And she said when she got it, she showed my grandma and my grandma got, and my grandma got emotional over that. And I was just like, that is so sweet. <laughs> so <laughs> That's sweet. Um,
1: and what distance was that? It was a 10K. Nice.
0: Yeah. All I did most, I tried to do many of my virtual races um, as 10Ks. Um, I did a few 3K, uh, 5Ks, um, but those were just ones that were local. Um, but one of the challenges I did, which was crazy, and I totally got it off of uh, this running group that I'm a part of on Facebook. It was called 24 Miles in 24 Hours.
1: Oh, geez. Ooh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. But I thought of it as Hood to Coast, you know? Sure. But, like just shortened. but that's Hood
1: to Coast uh, plus <laughs> a little bit because Hood yeah, to Coast it. is like 16 miles ish. Right, right. That's yeah. you know, or you know, it's a marathon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But and but were I you doing like thought, a, you know what, I should have ran two more miles to do a marathon. Yeah. So tell us about <laughs> that.
1: What, how did you break that down over the 24 hours?
0: Um. So <laughs> this is great. Um. So um, I planned it on a weekend that my kids were going to be with their dad. And I took, I took an entire Friday off. I started at, I believe it was 8am in the morning, did six miles. And I tried to make sure my routes were different on each run because I didn't want to run the same you know, the same route, because that's boring, and then I, as soon as I was done with that, I, I, I ate, I showered, and I laid in bed until about two o'clock, got up, and did my other six miles, came home, showered again, ate, and then laid in bed until about 7:30 p.m., did my other, did my other six miles, and my sister, she knew I was doing this, and my parents knew I was doing it too, um so i would tell them you know this is where i'm gonna be i'm not gonna have my phone but i'll have my watch with me and um, this is my route so if something happens or if you don't hear from me this is where i'll be at so my sister actually (laughs) if i don't show up this is
1: where i died
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes you'll find my shoe here (laughs) so um my sister actually drove the route and like cheered me on and like it was and she had my niece with her and it was just so cute and it just was so much more motivating because at that time, when you're at if, when you're at my when you're at the third leg running 18 miles, you're like, what am, what are you doing? Like you've ran 18 miles in in 12 hours. Like I didn't think I was gonna make it the next day, and so I slept. I shower after I was done. I showered. I got up the next morning. I think at 6:30 a.m. Just so that I gave myself enough time to make the six miles in <laughs> in in before 8 a.m. And I swear, I think I finished at like 7.54 AM and I finished right at the donut shop down by my house. So that was my incentive. (laughs) There
1: you go. You earned that one.
0: Yeah. Uh, So what was
1: that uh, donut of choice? I've got to know.
0: It was just a chocolate bar. Nice. (laughs) Yep. But that was one of my favorite ones I did. That was challenging me mentally and physically and it reminded me of Huda to coast and away, but at least I got to sleep at home. I didn't have to sleep outside or in the tent, you know, and at least I got to shower after each run. Yeah. So.
2: No, that, that is a good challenge. Uh, we got involved in a couple uh, team challenges as well, where they were to- longer distances to cover one. It was 5,000 kilometers. It was across America, yeah. but over we had the summer over the summer wow. to do it. So, you know, it was, Every single run that we were logging, whether it was for a race or for training or for anything else, was miles toward that goal as well. So it was really effective in keeping the mental focus over the course
1: of you know what did it take us like ten weeks to do that, something like wow. that yeah and, as a team, There was twelve of us and uh we i'll I'll send you some information. We have created the old crazy runners beer run over this summer. Uh, as a team and you kind of complete I think 2,000 miles or something as a team over the summer Uh, for a medal Um, but the greatest medal the greatest medal it's shaped like a beer can (laughs) 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 so uh, I would like to take this moment also to say to Nicholas and our local run club uh, 24 miles over 24 hours that's a pretty good challenge I I, I say we join in
2: yeah I I agree (laughs) I think that's something we can definitely do especially since uh, as you uh, put together, uh, it doesn't inquire, require the complexities of an actual road race. It's just a matter of scheduling when you're going to get out there and then doing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that doing it mm-hmm. part is the harder part than the scheduling, I think. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, we're going to have to find one that is uh, sponsored and virtual because I'm will get I'm, I'm going to want a nice medal out of that. What, was, <laughs> yeah. what did the 24 uh, miles in 24 hours, what's that medal like?
0: Oh, it was, there was no medal. It was just a challenge that people were doing on this Facebook group yeah. that I was a part of. And oh, that's like, how dedicated she it. is.
2: Birdie <laughs> is so
1: dedicated. She did that even without a medal.
2: I mean, even yeah. even when we went out and did our virtual
1: half marathons, we still ordered medals off of Amazon for ourselves. We, did. <laughs> we just ordered generic half marathon medals off of Amazon. And uh, so this is a perfect segue to your goals for next year. So what what are your goals for next year?
0: Totally hitting that thousand miles, yeah. um, running, mo- running miles only. Um, I was close, you know, I was only 81 miles away and I just, uh, it just gets me when I think about it, but I know I can do it this year. Cause at least, cause I didn't really start the r- picking up my running until the, the month of April, you know, cause everything got shut down in March yeah. and then I was already at home in April, by the end of March. And so I feel like now, I have more time during these months to pick up my mileage. And I've already compared and looked at where I was last year. So definitely doing those and, um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, get, getting to do more than one in-person race this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, and and you're signed up for three races already, you said, or committed to three races. Yes. And what I
0: found out I was signed up for three of them and I wasn't sure which ones they were, but yes. And what are those? The first one is the Hop Hop 10K um, that happens like right down by near the airport. And that's in April.
1: Yep. Uh, An Easter one, right? The Hop Hop Easter Bunny, I think, is the reason it's the Hop Hop.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then the second one is the Rip City Race for the Roses 10K.
2: You did that one last yeah.
1: year. Yeah, I always do that one. That one goes to, uh, all the proceeds go to Albertina Kerr, which is a mental health facility that we've mm-hmm. uh, used within our family, and it, it's a good organization. Yep. And then, and the, then
0: the third race is the Mountain Hood Revel Half Marathon in oh, June.
1: Oh, is that the really? Run Revel? Yeah, the Run Revel in June. Oh, man, we had a
2: chance to speak with uh, Jared Witinski, who is the CEO of Run Revel and, and Run OYO.
1: Uh, and he was talking about that. That's fun. So, yeah, we might have to join you in on that one. We might have. That's to the. Half, are you doing the half marathon? Yes. Yeah, maybe we'll join you on that one because that uh, that looks fun. It's uh, for listeners out there. It's it's a special race that all of them are slightly downhill, so you can run really slightly. Fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I bet you're excited about that one.
0: Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Because I was signed up for that one last year, and I actually did the Rip City Race for the Roses virtual half marathon, um, in my neighborhood last year, cause I was signed up for that one as well. So my goal last year was to do two half marathons. Um, and then, you know, before hood to coast, but that didn't happen. So, and then the mountain hood rebel, they just, um, transferred it to this year. So yeah, I'm Fingers, really to that fingers
1: one. crossed. We can do it in person. Oh yes. man. I've, yeah. I've wanted to, I'm Jones and so bad for some in-person races. <laughs>
2: And then uh, you mentioned that your team uh is qualified uh for the 2021 Hood the Coast as well, yes. correct? Uh do you have uh do you know which leg you're planning on running for this year?
0: I believe this year I am back to leg two.
2: Oh, you're gonna run it again.
0: Yeah. Um only because we have newer runners um this year and don't want to scare them away or give them a bad experience. So yeah. <laughs> Well, so, and being one of the team captains, you know, I was like, I've ran that leg. I can run it again. I know what to expect.
1: Our, our team isn't quite as nice as yours. I think our team <laughs> likes to give the new runners the harder legs some well, of the times. Uh, <laughs> we like to do that. We also, um, our goal
2: personally is to run every leg. I want to be able to say I literally ran from Timberland <laughs> to Seaside. So I'm bound and determined not to repeat a leg until I've ran all 12 originally.
0: Yes. I I've thought of that too, but ugh. yeah. Then you have to if commit do, to 12 years. Yeah. If I, if I get to choose, I would run probably leg six. I really don't care for leg one.
2: <laughs> leg one's <laughs> not so bad. It, it it really isn't. Uh, you know, I ran that, uh, two times back.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so 2018 was when I ran leg one and I was, I was concerned because I've had, I haven't had any specific knee uh, tears or surgeries, but I've had hyperextensions and just always really cautious with it. It really wasn't as bad as I thought. Uh, I read up on some things to do to to take care of yourself. Didn't try and crush the pace by running the downhill as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. I, and it wasn't so bad. I would say uh, my brother-in-law who ran with us that year, he ran leg two and he complained about that middle leg where you're running along St. Helens Road.
0: Oh, and gosh. in order
2: to stay away from the traffic, you've got one foot on the shoulder, which is sloped down. It's like, that was the worst oh, yeah. experience mm-hmm. was that out mm-hmm. of kilter sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you've done that, mm-hmm. you can do leg one.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: and if you've ran Twilliger, you can do leg five. I'm telling you, <laughs> that, that is brutal.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh man, Twilliger. Oh my God. It's just a giant evil hill. Uh, so one thing I'd like to talk about a little bit more, we touched on it a little bit and you've mentioned in our correspondence with each other, uh, the, the mental health benefits of running uh, that you've really focused on how it helped you get through your divorce and you know, just how, much that has helped. Uh, I know it's helped my me this year with the pandemic and being kind of stuck home so much and not being around uh, friends and family as much as those, the mental health benefits that we all get from running and your experience with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was, it's, it's totally always been an outlet for me and it always will be um, because I enjoy that time that I can go out and just focus on myself and my thoughts and get, you know, get things organized in my head and be balanced. It keeps me balanced. Um, I also like the fact that for 30 minutes to one hour, I can just sweat, you know, yeah. literally sweat out whatever I'm going through um, and think through things clearly and have a, a, have a clearer mind when I'm done running. Um, yeah, it, it's it's helped me in so many ways, you know, both spiritually, physically, mentally, um, and emotionally. And I think, you know, especially this year, I know a lot of people picked up running, and it, it helped them get through this pandemic. And I know for me, that, that it helped me a lot in that sense. And not having being con, not feeling like I'm just confined in my house the entire time, and just being so grateful that we can go outside that you can actually go outside and and run and enjoy yourself you know and I know for me the hardest part this summer was when the Oregon fires happened oh yeah that was depressing because I could not we could not go out for like what 10 days 7 days I remember counting but on the other hand my parents have a treadmill and a bike a stationary bike so I was up there every day running or riding their bike and if it wasn't for that, I don't know what I would have done because I was going crazy. I don't, I think that was the most devastating part <laughs> of this whole pandemic was the Oregon fires. Yeah, and then we had even a hard when time it too. settled, you could still smell that, you know, the, the, the air still, air quality still was poor. So.
1: Yeah, I was calling it the quarantine within the quarantine. Oh, man,
2: it, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was hard. So when you're out, uh, me personally, I'm uh, a music listener. I, I do like to have my headphones in. Do you find, uh, are you out just with your own thoughts? Uh, how, how do you, um, stay engaged in the run itself?
0: Oh, yes, I do listen to music. Um, there was a few times where we took a trip up to the beach and I ran, you know, along uh, up in Lincoln city, ran along the beach. And I remember taking out my headphones and just listening to the ocean and how calming that sound is and being able to run in the sand and next to the water. Um, but yes, I do. I listen to music. That's what keeps me focused. Um, also the beat and my feet hitting the ground and just making sure that my feet are hitting flat and my toes are, you know, stretched and not <laughs> not curled up. And I'm not trying to focus so much on um, the way I'm running and how fast I'm going. So, yes, I listen to music. So it helps me in my runs as well.
2: Yeah. And I can imagine, uh, especially since I've dealt with, uh, I had strains in my ligaments coming up from the bottom of my foot into my calf. So similarly that, that bottom foot pain that goes away as you run and, uh, realizing that in that moment, what I have to focus on is, is again, staying really focused in those mechanics, letting mm-hmm. my foot relax, you know, let my body relax. Um, I also know that, uh, you know, I use music to keep up my cadence as well. Fundy had to buy a metronome,
1: <laughs> a little beeper on his side. What, and... To improve my cadence. <laughs> He's making fun of me. It's not the coolest thing in the world. I'm no. like, I'll lie to you. Uh,
2: you mentioned that uh, you, you run pretty uh, lean. You don't have your phone on you. You have just your watch. What, what uh, brand of watch are you running with? Uh, it's
0: the iPhone 5 Series or I watch five series. I got it last year.
2: Yeah. I love running with just the bare minimum amount of things, but also being able to get all that feedback while we're running.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. And when I do my longer runs, I wear one of those, um, hydration belts where it just has the little water bottles, but even that bothers me. (laughs) So sometimes I'll just carry a water bottle and chuck it and then come back and pick it up.
2: (laughs) Oh man. We were talking yes. about that as well, because uh, I've got a uh, water bottle hand strap that I've always used, and I'm just, I'm really getting tired of carrying it in my hand, and I'm going to have to go
1: to the hydration fanny pack. I'm uh, <laughs> 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 treating my
2: running pants for jorts.
1: So uh, Nicholas somehow thought even before that he looked cool when he was running. <laughs> and oh, I'm no. trying to tell him that, you know, it doesn't really matter. Nobody cares. I gave up looking cool when I went a headband is the only thing I'll wear again, no matter how
2: <laughs> dumb a bald guy in a headband looks.
1: So uh, one of the things when you're out there running and you get your music going and and uh, we all know that running is a great stress reliever. And I, I I think talking to people, there's kind of two types of people. There's the people that use running to kind of keep thinking about maybe a problem and kind of work through a problem or the type of person that just kind of zones out and kind of lets everything just kind of, you know, go blank and, and, and kind of let the the problems kind of just float away, I guess is, is the correct term for it. Um, what, what is going on in your mind, uh, with kind of stressors and stuff as you're out running and, you know, you're thinking things through or you're just kind of letting things go.
0: I think I do a little bit of both. Um, I think I I think in the beginning I'll start thinking about what what the problem is or what I'm going through and thinking of ways of how I'm going to handle it and then you know the next thing I know I'm at like mile I like yes almost done or you know <laughs> um, and then I'm I'm I finally come to a point somewhere where I I either let it go or um, it makes me emotional. And sometimes I end up, you know, uh, crying, which isn't, which is normal for some, for some runners <laughs> they yeah, cry yeah. while they're running. And that's just how I've dealt with, dealt with things, especially when I was going through my grief. Um, I cried a lot that, that year. And that was part of the reason why I cried on my third leg at Hood to Coast that year in 2016. But, but it is hard. Um, sometimes, you know, cause it affects the way you're breathing too. <laughs> so
2: it does and and yet, uh you know when your body is physically depleted, it makes it all the more difficult to hold that emotional dam back as well and and it's good just to let it out i've uh mm-hmm. just had times where I am so spent, yeah, and this happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean
1: I think that I think that's uh good, and one of the great things about you know running but also just exerting yourself physically to that that point where uh. You kind of just let everything go. Uh, it's a, it's cathartic, and it's it, you know it's good for us.
2: So when you look at uh, yourself as a runner, um, you'd mentioned that you would ran uh, in you you said you were a five k runner in college. So were you on a college team competitively, or is this still just recreational that you were out running?
0: Um, it was recreationally. I played college basketball, and that was part of our um, training. Was to also incorporate long distance running, and when we started, even when I was in junior college, we had to do long distance running, and I just it was just something I enjoyed. I just liked it, um, which many basketball players don't like that part of you know training. But I really I really enjoyed it, and I think my love of running probably starts there. Um, when I was in junior college playing down at Southwestern, one of our first runs was on the beach. And I don't know if you guys remember when the was it the new Carissa or the when it when it washed ashore? Do you remember that? I do remember oh, what you're yeah. talking about yeah. So that's where we were, and we he's like, you know, you guys need to run down there, and you're going to come back, and if you go too far, you know, that's okay. And I think we even ran all the way down just to see that, <laughs> just to see that, and then it just took off from there from me for for me, and always enjoyed it. And then when I played call, and when I transferred, I we um our our coach would have us to do like the race for the cure 5k team races and she would have us sign up for those. And so I always really liked it. And, but my love for it didn't pick up until later. And then I just, yeah, I would just do 5k races. I always did race for the cure every single year since I was like in high school and, um, did it on part of my, on behalf of my family, because there's, we have breast cancer survivors and, just did it and stayed with it. And, but I wasn't really, I was never training, you know, it was just something I just got out and did. And and then when 2016 happened, you know,
2: <laughs> and, the and rest is history. Yeah. And that was uh, kind of what I was leaning toward was you put yourself, you, you became a quote unquote runner in 2016. And so I'm curious how you came about deciding to describe yourself as that. And then what does that mean to you now and in the future to state I'm i I'm a runner?
0: Oh geez. I think it took me I think it took me until like 2019 to say I was like a runner, like a real runner. Um only because I didn't have your typical running gear <laughs> I was I was running in basketball shorts and I was running in t-shirts, rolled up t-shirts, and um all I had was running shoes and It probably wasn't until like after like really after my knee rehab that I was like, okay, if I'm going to be a runner, like I need to invest in running clothes, like actual running clothes, um, earbuds, you know, not, you know, I was because before I was running around in my. um, What beat headphones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the giant Dr. Dre my, beats they, they headphones. They were
0: wireless though, you know, so yeah. what, they didn't get in the way, but <laughs>
1: so little extra um, weight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so but it wasn't until then that I was just like, yeah, I th- I like feel like I'm a runner now. I don't know. I don't know if it was like the racing or if it was finally just putting it all out there and, and knowing that I was going to do this, you know, for 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 however long I can do it, you know. And even when I talk to my daughter, like she's, she's eight years old. She's in second grade. She, she'll tell her friends, she's like, yeah, my mom's a runner. And do you know what? I went and rode my bike with her six miles this summer while she ran. And can you believe I rode my bike six miles? And you know, it's just, that's awesome. it's just funny, the stories that they tell. And it's like, that's awesome. Like I would love for my children to see me in that light and remember these things from from this time or, you know, from when they were little and say, yeah, my mom was always running. She ran a half marathon or, you know, she did this, she did that. And I think it wasn't until then. I I think for me, the turning point also was when my daughter expressed her interest in running, wanting to run with me. And she was five. She wanted to run a race with me. And I thought, okay, we can do the starlight run downtown it's not timed, you'll get a medal and you get to run through and you get to see the parade, you know? So we did that race together. I mean, we stopped, you know, and I didn't, I didn't force her to run hard. I didn't make her keep up with me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we held hands and stuff, but it was just such a great experience. Just being able to share that with my daughter and, and she's run with me since then we, we did a color run last year in 2019 and it was for a unicorn medal. And that one was for the medal. So oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: So you've made you've made a convert. She wants the medals now.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I ran race the races that I ran to this year or last year, two of them were for her. So she could have the medal. Oh, so. that's nice.
1: <laughs> so uh, you know, I think that's really important because uh when your children get older, them having watched you be a runner makes them understand that they can be runners too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so important mm-hmm. for for them to see that that, you know, oh, if my mom can do this, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough, uh, last 2019 hood to coast, uh, my son, uh, at the age of 19, I guess, 19, 19 or 20, 19, uh, did the hood to coast with us. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh,
0: he was very see, bored. Yeah, he I was, can't wait for that. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: He was bored because he was stuck in a van with a bunch of old guys. But oh, uh, <laughs> you, you, Until he got turned around on that first leg and ran
2: an extra mile or two. Yeah, we had, oh. some, we had a kerfuffle there, and he yeah. ran a
1: couple extra miles accidentally.
2: They didn't, we, were, uh, we were so far ahead of the race because we had one of the first um, uh, teams out of the chute that they didn't even have race guides on the course, and he came over the walking bridge over McLaughlin and got lost trying to find the uh, Springwater Trail oh no yeah he was pissed but it was, we were laughing
1: <laughs> it was fun
2: but I, uh, it, it was important it was really really fun to be able to enjoy that with Ken and to have that family part of it that, that really was cool so I look forward to uh, knowing that if your daughter is embracing this now this is something that you can definitely continue forward with because there's a lot of ways for your kids to get engaged and they'll surpass you very quickly because I know they will <laughs> Yeah, we did. uh, So I was signed up for the Independence Day half marathon, which is a run with Paula event. And uh, when that was canceled, I was uh, they gave me the opportunity to transfer that to their virtual uh, bridge loop challenge. I don't know if you saw that, but it was super, super fun. Except a 12 year old kept beating me on all the loops.
1: (laughs) And Nicholas is pretty fast for a 12 year old (laughs) to beat you. Oh, man. We
2: finally beat her on the half marathon. I'm just going to say it. Finally beat the
1: (laughs) 12-year-old. Yes, exactly. Uh, Well, we can't thank you enough for joining us today. It's been uh, super fun. can't wait to uh, see what you do this year and hope you uh, become uh, an old, old crazy runner like us. And uh, maybe we'll see you out in the course and maybe the run for race for the roses or uh, Hood to Coast. Oh,
2: we're definitely yes. going to have to track you down at Hood to Coast because oh, if yeah. uh, we don't have the right times, that's all right. I happen to
1: know there's a little bit of a beer event afterwards. There is a beer <laughs> event afterwards yes. uh, we can see you at.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure.
1: Well, you have a great weekend. I hope you have great runs this weekend. And uh, thank you very much for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It was nice meeting you both.
1: That was so fun talking with Bertie because I feel like we've covered so many things. We just, we covered like, you know, getting through hard times in life, getting through injuries with ACL, um, the greatest race of all time, Hood to Coast. Greatest Um, ever. We covered all of the awesome stuff in running in one interview.
2: We did. And, uh, I really, um, connected with talking with birdie. There was a lot about her, uh, transitions, her, 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 how she moved into being a runner that are very much similar to what, what I, uh, experienced as well. I didn't really have the, um, running background. So I mean, I ran track for two years, but yeah. it was a little different It was sprinting for one. And I, I only did it cause I had to, and I certainly didn't continue after that. So it was really a blip. Um, and so to talk with her about coming back to that later in life and yep. in particular having Hood to Coast really be in that um motive, that one pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh that's awesome. This is a great story I hope for the uh everyday runner out there to gain some motivation of somebody just like you who decided to uh use running to meet a number of goals both uh physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And I think what is important to me was that moment when she decided to call herself a runner. And by the way, it was several years after you were actually a runner. Coach Pat would say, nah, you, you've been a runner long before that. Yeah. But uh, now that's how she sees herself.
1: And, uh, you know, that's what's going to get that out there. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Old Crazy Runners. Take a moment to rate and review the podcast and always share it with your friends so they can join in with all of us for these great episodes.
2: And be sure to go by Strava and join the old crazy runners podcast, Strava Run Club, because that's where all us old crazies hang out. It's where we encourage each other to keep getting out there, to keep putting in the miles, and keep
1: being old crazy runners.